Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. Today is episode... 52. It's our one-year anniversary. We did it. 52 straight episodes. That was uh, that was a goal of ours. Once we got in, I know about 20 uh, 20 episodes or so after uh, we made it through the uh, uh, a couple of uh, pretty uh, pretty rough ones when we weren't feeling too good. We might as well go for the for the year. So um, today our our special guest is uh, is Attorney General. Dana Nessel, and uh, we had a, the privilege of uh, getting with her last Friday, late afternoon, before the weekend, and taping it. She's out of town uh, this week, so uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again as well, um, but right now, I wanted to say hello to Kevin from True Cannabis and Tom at Real Leaf Solutions, and just thank them for uh, a year and uh, find out what their what their experience was this last year. So, Kevin, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, glad to be on the show. Um, you know, hey, I I truly appreciate uh, the opportunity to have to have done this. I think that uh, that Josh and Nate over at Martin Waymeyer have done an amazing job. Uh, so have you two. Um, you guys have held it down every week. Never been boring. Um, we've met with a ton of guests uh, from uh, you know accounting CPA firms to insurance to state reps to now having the the attorney general on our show. Like, I mean, who would have thought a year ago that we would have made this kind of progress? I'm really proud of you guys, and uh, I'm excited to get going with the show today. Well, thank you. And uh, let's not forget, um, we even got a, a, a great sponsor that hit us up. Um, we weren't even, you know, kind of looking for it, and uh, it was great how it happened, and uh, big fans of those guys over at Maynard and Accounting. We're going to be hearing more for them uh, as well, and uh, looking forward to seeing all those guys up in, at the MICAA. But Tom, Tom at, at Real Leaf uh, Solutions. It's been yeah. a, it's been a great year. Um, what well, what's been your experience? What are you taking away from it? Well, just like everything, it's a wild ride. And Kevin, as usual, hit the nail on the head uh, with you know just the real points and what make this super enjoyable. And uh, thanking everyone, obviously, but the opportunity to commiserate and celebrate with you fine fellas every week. Uh, it kind of blows my mind at first. I was like, why would anybody care what I have to say about anything? Because I'm just doing my thing. And uh, it's just, it's amazing to have the experience to uh, to speak with these great guests that, you know, Ryan, of course, with, you know, your gravitas to bring it in. It's great, man. We, it's love you guys. Well, the feeling is... Uh is mutual and you know uh, i do got to thank nate and uh and josh over at martin waymeyer for talking talking me into doing this and us into doing that and uh, uh to get it going and for me um i always wanted to preserve michigan marijuana history like i didn't want and that was one of the reasons i wanted to get it on on the air and i was like hey let's interview a bunch of uh my friends that i've met over the years and uh let's talk about it and then you know the other the other thing is um you know like all i do is talk about this stuff all day every day anyway so why not uh it was it was a natural fit so um before we get into dana i know kevin had one more quick thing 
Yeah, I just wanted to give a real shout out. Um, you reminded me about talking to, about our guests. Um, I got notification from uh, Josie Scroggins today from the Great Lakes Expungement Network. Uh, they're working on getting my cases expunged. Uh, I think they're doing an amazing job. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Josie and say uh, you're doing a great job. And we really, 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 really appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, that's hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Josie's incredible. We'll be seeing a lot more from Josie, and uh, obviously, people have been around know known Josie for well over a decade and the work she does but that's just kind of it for me it's been exciting we've had a total we've had some repeats but we've had like 48 individual guests and you know I get to see everybody around now and talk to them and uh, just uh, a great way to 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 meet people and continue the conversation and and to continue um, building building the great cannabis network in Michigan and then as it goes out to the rest of the country so with that, uh, you know, let's get into the show uh, with Dana Nessel. I'm excited, uh, excited for it. We had a great time, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get it going now. Super excited to have General Nessel on the show, my friend Dana Nessel. Dana, thank you so much for for being on our one year anniversary. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Ryan. Uh, super excited. Uh, I'm really excited to do this intro. Uh, as everyone knows, we always chronicle Michigan marijuana history, and I'll get right into it. I uh, got a call uh, from a couple of my friends, Jamie Lowell and Michael Kamorn, saying you gotta you gotta meet uh, um, Dana Nessel. She's running for Attorney General, and at that time, we known Pat Miles Jr. was was going to be the candidate and was supposed to be the already winner. It was written. And uh, that just freaked me out. So I met Dana. Uh, it was in uh, you know late summer, early fall uh, in 2017 at a Panera in Brighton, and uh, talked to her for about four hours. And I was convinced that she could win. I didn't know the odds at that time, but I was all in, and uh, I believed in it. And right away, I went back to my good friend Bob Eldori. I said, "Hey." Um, you gotta, you gotta hear about Dana. This is what's going on. And, uh, you know, you talked to Bob and we held a, a fundraiser for you in Okemos. And it was right around the, the time of, uh, the famous, uh, campaign video, the penis video that you got so much attention for nationally. And, um, you know, we held this fundraiser it was successful. And I know, I just remember Bob catching so much slack from the big Democrats uh, establishment and telling him he's a fool and all this stuff. And Bob told him to get benched, you're gonna win. And uh, I'll never forget how that worked. And then um, we started raising more money. The, the rest of the cannabis community got involved. And of course you had a lot of other uh, different supporters, but I remember seeing you at an Oma Medicine fundraiser and you came up to me excited and said, we're winning. And I was like, holy smokes, we got to chance at, at doing this and then I had the honor um, first time I ever spoke publicly about what what happened to me was at the hash bash in April of 2018 and I got to introduce you and you gave a, a great speech at hash bash and we had great weather that day and then two weeks later was the uh, the convention at Kobo and that was like a rock concert and uh, I'll never forget that um, I, I was so much energy chanting. I was worn out. And then um, I'll never forget, you know, uh, you came out and you, you said we won. And I got to be up on stage with you. And uh, I got to be right there when Pat Miles Jr. gave his concession speech as well. So that was one of the top three highlights of my life. And then after that, we just kept on um, campaigning. Uh, it was a close race. You got outspent, I think, seven to one, uh, which is amazing, um, by a good challenger, Tom 
Tom Leonard, and and you won. It took till the, the next morning till one. We were up partying all night for Prop One and uh, waiting to hear for you. So, um, with that, um, you know, 2019, the world changed for a lot of us, especially for me uh, after getting harassed, and um, you won. Prop 1-1, and for me, I have Carol uh, Seaman as my county prosecutor, which she's amazing, so um, it's just incredible. So thank you uh, for all of that, and um, I know uh, a lot of the audience would like to hear, just like a little, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, um, you know, uh, where you went to school, and then how you became, uh, you know, uh, decided to run for attorney general and, and the role the cannabis community had into it. Uh, thanks for that introduction, Ryan. It's really great to be here. And, you know, it's funny because I sometimes I, I bitch and moan about, uh, you know, interactions that I've had along the course of, of running for office. It was the first office I ever ran for was uh, Attorney General in 2018. Uh, and, and people that, you know, that you have to deal with when you're in Lansing and all the rest of it. But I, I sometimes have to stop and, you know, I would say I won't say smell the roses. I guess you're smelling um, the uh, something else right now. But uh, you know, you have to look around and and look at the people that you've met along the way who have been great partners and supporters, and then friends. And and honestly, Ryan, meeting meeting you was um, really uh, it was a great joy for me. Uh, and I think we've had a really good relationship outside of just the work. Uh, and, you know, I, I've met so many people in the cannabis community who are just outstanding people um, who were, you know, fighting to make sure that uh, they weren't wrongfully prosecuted or persecuted for something that, you know, most people, I think, I hope nowadays see is something very innocuous that is not something that people should be going to jail or prison for. And um, so all of that being the case, I will just in terms of myself, I, you know, I, I'm a lifelong Michigander. I grew up in West Bloomfield. I went to West Bloomfield High School. That's where I graduated from. Uh, went to U of M for undergrad and, um, you know, went to some some hash bashes from the, my, I guess it would be my <laughs> age, the late 80s, early 90s, I think it was. Um, and uh, went to Wayne State University for law school, um, but also worked while I was there at the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office. And uh, worked there for 11 years as a prosecutor, but left uh, to go into private practice, handled all kinds of cases, mostly indigent defense work. But I did civil rights cases as well, and a lot of people know me for my work handling the same-sex marriage case that went to the United States Supreme Court. It's now known as Obergefell v. Hodges. Um, But really, in terms of, of, you know, why I decided to run, there were a confluence of many, many, many different factors. But... Honestly, I looked at the way that Bill Schuette ran the Department of Attorney General, and I was horrified for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I didn't <laughs> like his uh, approach to a variety of civil rights-related issues. I didn't like the way his approach to government. Um, I definitely didn't like the way he approached marijuana cases, and uh, I really took him to be somebody back from like a throwback from the 1950s or something in terms of. Um, the belief that that marijuana somehow equated to, you know, heroin or cocaine or methamphetamines or like some of the some other products that I, I that were from a time that were was you know maybe generations ago, if that, uh, and the real uh, reefer madness type of, of attitude 
And, you know, through the course of my work, both as a prosecutor um, and certainly as a defense attorney, I just, all I could think of is like, God, don't we have bigger problems in this state that we have to spend our, our resources uh, and, you know, our, our time on something like this? And also, I, I saw the revenue related issues that, you know, the, the fact that we could make a, an industry out of this uh, and instead of spending money on prosecuting cases, and incarcerating people, we could instead be generating tax revenue from a sale of a product that was being sold all over the place anyway. And to be quite frank, and I've admitted this in the past, I, I had a hard time prosecuting cases when I was a prosecutor that involved, when they were you know, just cannabis cases and they didn't involve a variety of other uh, offenses. I, I, I felt like a hypocrite because I had, you know, I, I mean, I had prosecutors that, you know, we during the day they'd be prosecuting marijuana cases, and at night we'd hang out and people would smoke marijuana. <laughs> I mean, it's just true. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it, it, you know, it's factually accurate, and I, I hate, you know, I hated that feeling, uh, and it was wrong. I felt so. You know, that was one of the things that inspired me, and I thought, you know, the contrast when I when I was deciding whether I should run or not. Of course, I looked at well, who did the Democrats have? who's running for office. We know that whoever replaces Schuette will probably have the same mindset as Bill Schuette if they're a Republican. Mm -hmm. But as a Democrat, who's running you know, on our side? And when I learned it was Pat Miles, yeah. what Pat Miles had to be oh, most notoriously known for, of course, was locking up people like you, uh, Ryan. For, yep. So I just, I was like, no way. There's no way I'm just gonna sit back and have somebody who is this reaper madness type of candidate representing my party um, when I didn't think that was very representative of the Democratic Party. And it wasn't. And it's not. It wasn't then. And it's certainly not now. Uh, so, you know, I got to meet people like yourself. I, I've known, of course, a lot of the criminal defense attorneys I've known for years. Mike Morham, I've known since we were in high school. And, you know, <laughs> I, I sat down with him and some others and I talked to them about wanting to be uh, a champion on the campaign trail, not just for myself, but for Prop 1, and how I viewed cannabis in general, uh, and how I viewed what would become of my time in the office if I was there, versus either a Republican uh, candidate or Pat Miles. And, you know, it was the cannabis community. I mean, I think if you look right now, if you look at not just in terms of the assistance they gave me, of course, um, because you have to get campaign contributions, but but really the support mm -hmm. getting people to the convention and then getting people out to vote in the fall. If you look at the stage, um, you know, right after my victory, yes, you're up there, Ryan, but there's a whole yeah. lot of other people from the cannabis community that were standing on that yeah. stage next to me as well. And so it was really yep. getting the support of the community was was substantial. But I, I have tried to now use my time, of course, in office, um, you know, to carry out the the type of um, thought process that I had and, and policies that I talked about on the campaign trail. And I've, I've tried my best. I don't control all of Michigan government, but I can control what the Department of Attorney General does for the most part. 
Yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh, that took me down memory lane too. Just uh, um, how your your stance and uh, just uh, the reason with Pat Miles, man. Uh, we don't need to go into that. But uh, um, I, I was curious. I, I hadn't. Uh, we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, the clean slate bill uh, passed, of course, and that's incredible. And you've been a champion for that. My uh, my foundation and some other people are. We're working on it as well. But I, I've watched. Um, you know, like what you did with in Flint with uh, the, you know, with Genesee County uh, Sheriff and, and all that. I just couldn't imagine that happening, you know, two or three years ago. What what was that like and what has the response been and how has the clean, uh, how has the government and how has the state of Michigan been helping and how many people are we getting expunged? So, uh, first of all, so when, I, when I got into office, I mean, there were several objectives that I had. I will say I was pleasantly surprised and I'm gonna give credit where credit is due, even if it involves giving credit to Republicans. But you know, when I took office um, in the first week, I think it was, uh, Lee Chatfield, who was then the speaker, called me up and he said, you know, I have uh, I have this civil asset forfeiture bill that I want you to look at, and if you can support it, I'd like you to stand with me. I, it's gonna be my first bill that I propose. And I was very skeptical, but I didn't know Lee Chatfield at the time. We actually became friends, weirdly enough. Um, but it was the first thing that we did, and it was the first bill that came out of the House right after we both got into office. Um, and so as you know, that, that eliminated, um, for the most part, civil asset forfeiture in the state, which we know um, was, was really used to brutalize, I think, the, uh, the marijuana community. But the, the next thing on my plate after that was, of course, expungements. Um, and I know how hard it is. I mean, you know, even though they increased um, you know, at least to a minor extent, the number of, of uh, offenses you could have expunged, you know, it was one felony, two misdemeanors, and that's it. Um, yep. And it, it was, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people, of course, that were impacted in the state who could never get their lives back on track ever because of these uh, offenses, sometimes very long ago and sometimes very minor offenses. But to me, I didn't like the initial bill package that I saw because we didn't have a special carve out for marijuana offenses. And to me, we had to treat marijuana offenses totally differently than you treated other types of offenses because those other things, they're still crimes. We still don't want people engaging in that kind of behavior. But for a lot of these marijuana offenses, these were things that were no longer illegal at all. So I, I was like, why aren't we having a different process? It should be so much easier to get those offenses expunged than other types. So I sat down with my team. We actually drafted that law ourselves. Now, that's not the original law that you that you see in place right now. When I drafted it, it also included felony offenses. Um, but at least what we were able to do with misdemeanors is that we made it so that the burden was not on the petitioner to say why they deserve to have uh, their conviction cleared. The burden would go on the prosecutor to say, why shouldn't they have this expungement granted? Like, you know, this is something that's legal now. You tell us. And it only gave them 60 days to object. And if they didn't object within that 60 days, then it automatically, the expungement automatically went through. So I testified on behalf of those bills. Unfortunately, uh, the House and the Senate did not, they amended my bill so that it was only misdemeanors so that the use and, you know, possession and some, some other related, um, you know, marijuana and narcotics related uh, offenses that would fit into that category 
But, you know, I did the best I could, is what I would say. I'm not in the legislature. I can write a bill. I can testify on behalf <laughs> of the bill. I can later on implement it. But, you know, there's only so much that I can do. Uh, and I still am hoping, by the way. I mean, the expansion of the bill, it, it was expanded so substantially that I hope that a lot of people who couldn't get their possession intent to deliver, uh, delivery, manufacture cases expunged, at least now can because there's so many more offenses that you can get expunged over the course of time. So hopefully it will even help people still who have um, felony offenses but couldn't get expunged before. But to me, after I saw the bills, and after the final package went through, um, and of course I was glad that it did, and I was there for the bill signing, even if it didn't include everything I wanted, um, you know, I looked at it all and I was like, this is still really complicated. I mean, this is not, sometimes the people who need the expungements the most are the ones who are least able to afford an attorney to get them to assist them with it. And when I looked at it, it was it was very much like, if this, then then, and then this other thing, and then you have to look at this category. So I decided we have to do a number of things to make this as easy as possible. Because what's the point of passing all this if nobody takes advantage of it because it's too damn complicated. So I said, first of all, we need a whole area on our website that is dedicated just to expungements that can walk people through this. And I said, secondly, we need to start having expungement fairs where we do a number of things. One, where we go out and we educate people on how they can get their own expungements. But also, we just do the work for you. Uh, for a lot of people who, who so badly need it, and we pay for it as well. Because remember, there are fees that are included in this. Uh, there's the, you know, for fingerprinting oh, yeah. and for uh, certified copies. Each conviction, you know, in Genesee County, is 12 bucks. Per, per page. I mean, that, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. There, not everybody can afford that. Yeah. And, you know, and especially to hire yes. an attorney. I mean, how much is that going to cost now? Who's got 1500 2000 bucks to hire a lawyer to do this for you? And so because everything eventually has yep. to go through my department to begin with, we're in the final stage of it in terms of determining eligibility. Now, remember, just for your, your listeners here, um, we don't... We don't make recommendations in terms of we think this is a good person and they should get, you know, their convictions expunged. It's just, do they meet the eligibility requirements or do they not meet the eligibility requirements? And that's it. But I was like, we got to do more than just that. So, so our, my, my, you know, conception was that we would have these fairs where we would go out into communities. People could sign up ahead of time so that we could already ahead of time a, run them in the iChat, uh, which of course, you know, is the lien that the Michigan State Police had to see what your convictions are. Determine if they were eligible or not, because we don't want them to be people coming to an expungement fair if they're not eligible. We at least want to let them know so we can call and say, hey, listen, you need to wait another six months, or I'm sorry, this is a crime that just, you know, you were convicted of a, a crime that can't be expunged, or, or what have you. I mean, that's a service in itself, right? Just to even know whether you're eligible or not. But then, if you are eligible, what we did, first of all, in the misdemeanor marijuana convictions, is we got all of their stuff done ahead of time. We got David Layton, who is the county prosecutor, to waive the 60 days on all the marijuana, misdemeanor marijuana offenses uh, that where we people were eligible, where they applied. We got all of the uh, certified copies, and we were able to pre-process it, basically, uh, so that everything was really all, already done for people by the time they got to the fair. On the other cases that were that involved other things besides marijuana, we could at least, you know, we got them fingerprinted when they got there. We ran them in the, in the um, iChat, 
And then if they were eligible, we sent them over to attorneys that were working pro bono to coordinate with them, who could help them get their stuff filled out, understanding that everybody has to return to court. It's not like the marijuana cases. Uh, so we had about 15 people, 15 people, 1,500 people show up that day. We coordinated with um, the Genesee County Sheriff, Chris Swanson, who was amazing and who, I don't know if he's doing the right job or not, to be honest with you, because yeah. he's like, he's a showman, man. He's like, he's an exciting guy. <laughs> but we, um, yep. you know, he, but we had like, you know, we wanted to make it fun. We didn't want this to be a dour experience. Like you're, this is freedom for a lot of people in a way that they, they haven't had for many, many years for some people, the way it was holding yep. them back, these convictions. So we had bounce houses for the kids and daycare. We had cotton candy, we had dancing. We had a dunk tank because I was trying to encourage people to get vaccinated and anyone who got vaccinated there, because we had we offered it on the site, got to dunk me in the dunk tank tank, which um probably beneath my office, nice. but I didn't care. Uh, <laughs> and, and people we registered to the welfare too. The Secretary of State had something there. So um so there was fifteen hundred people who went through the the fair. We know for a fact that I believe at least seven hundred and eighty-one of them were able to get expungements. The the rest we were still working on. But you know, we're gonna repeat that in as many places as possible. So we are in we're in the works right now with Muskegon, we're in the works with Kalamazoo, we have a Detroit event that's planned. Um, and and for and that um, the Detroit Pistons are gonna be coordinating that with us so that we can actually, you know, have it at Little Caesars Very and cool. they can, you know, help us with all that. So that's, that's my, my vision is that we are able to do this in, I, I don't know about all 83 counties, uh, but we're going to try to hit as many counties as possible and the bigger, more populous counties as many times as possible. Uh, and we're going to do as much as we can to, to train people who can help others and to educate people on how to do this for themselves. That's that's amazing. I, I'm glad I asked you that question. I just wanted to make a quick comment. I know the other Kevin and Tom got some. I uh, want to get a question. And um, you talked about that civil asset forfeiture bill, and I learned about how that worked with, uh, you know, in my opinion, what Bill Schuette and the multi-jurisdictional task force did um, with that was criminal. Uh, we were ranked 50th in the nation for like a decade on our civil asset forfeiture, and um, just just trampling, and that alone, that with Prop A but that alone i know a lot of swat guys that retired and like it just took the motivation away and that that's been such a key thing so very thankful on that i just wanted to make that comment because that was to me is well, big problem. i'm sorry go ahead well another thing i did when i got into office is i evaluated the cases that were there and i actually had a meeting within my first i think three weeks of office and I actually had, uh, I had a big stack of files, all the marijuana cases that the office was prosecuting. And I had all of the defense attorneys for all of the cases come in. And I sat there with the, my staff who was prosecuting these cases. And I was just like, tell me about your cases. And we went after the next, I mean, we, we dismissed most of them. Some of them had other charges that were not just cannabis charges, uh, you know, then and maybe we dismiss the, the marijuana related charges and and you know have to evaluate the other charges um and there were some that um for reasons dealing with our partnership with law enforcement agencies like we'd offer 
uh, a misdemeanor under advisement, you know, or something like that. But we, we tried to, uh, I tried to do the best I could to handle those cases. But the, the thing that was noteworthy about those cases is many of them had been around for like six years or something, because they'd gone up and down the appellate system so many times. And all I could think about is, God knows how much money this office wasted pursuing some of these cases. Um, it was a little sickening to me. So, but anyway, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking a lot, but these are just some of the things that we've tried to do since I've been in the office. Hi, Dana. This is Kevin over at True Cannabis. And uh, don't be sorry. We, we appreciate your uh, your enthusiasm on this topic. Um, we appreciate your, your approach. Um, there's no doubt that things uh, for myself and Ryan uh, changed dramatically in 2018 when you got elected. Um, no longer did we have to feel like we had, you know, um, somebody over our shoulder at all times ready to pounce if we made a mistake or any of that kind of stuff. So we, we really appreciate uh, being where we're at today. Um, and I do want to thank you for all the work that you're doing on expungement. It's, it's really amazing to see um you know an attorney general take this by the horns and really uh be the forefront of something like that um one of the things i wanted to talk to you about was when you uh did get into office um you started a work group to kind of uh you know uh establish what you thought your interpretation of marijuana laws and things like that were and i was just wondering what the progress was uh, of that work group and um you know similar to the expungement thing you guys are making it readily available the information so that people can differentiate what's going on um do we see something like that coming down the road in the future um you know i think there's a lot of uh confusion as to the difference between medical marijuana and adult use and how many plant counts you're allowed to have and what can commingle with what and um i think that um it would be nice to be able to have some clarity for people that that just want to be a law-abiding citizen so maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that yeah and that's what we were trying to do when i first got into office i was like wait a minute you know you have these two different bail proposals and laws that were basically passed by that means, even though I know that there were some adjustments that were made over time uh, on medical. But, you know, they didn't always match up. And we were afraid that people would be confused by that. Uh, so I put together a marijuana working group. And we tried to have a variety of different voices. We had prosecutors and city attorneys and state police and Andrew Brisbane from MRA. Um, but we had, you know, folks from Sato and, you know, various different defense attorneys and um, people from the State Bar uh, Association that were um, in the marijuana law section. And we were really uh, trying to go through uh, as many different areas as possible where we saw confusion in the law because my perspective was, I don't want, you know, like, I don't want, depending on what law enforcement agency is handling it, for these things to be interpreted totally differently. So you got somebody who's, you know, out in Sheboygan County uh, and a sheriff or a prosecutor that's handling something one way up there. And then you have somebody in Macomb County that's handling it another way. And, you know, and, and then you have to litigate it. And then it goes up through the courts and, you know, this circuit court says this, that circuit court says this, and it goes to the, you know, the Court of Appeals. I mean, it's just, you could avoid that headache. Well, why wouldn't you if you could do that? Uh, so we were making some real progress and we have, were set to, I think, make some recommendations on, and, and, and the rule was, I'm not saying we had to get 100% of everybody on board, but I wanted to at least have two thirds of the people in the room sign on or else we just scrapped it. I didn't want something where like, you know, if, if, if a recommendation was gonna pass by, you know, a bare majority, you know what I mean? Then it's not good. Then there's, there's you know, I, I wanted stuff that everybody could agree on. And so we were making some real progress. And then frankly, COVID hit. 
And we stopped having the meetings because we had, my, my office had so many of the things that we were doing and we were having a hard time sort of reconvening with everybody. So now that we're getting post COVID, I think it's time to revisit that again, because it really did sort of fall apart. And then the people that I had working on that started working on all of our expungement stuff. So I, I know we're gonna have to learn to, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time and handle many different things. I will say, and I don't mean to bitch, but uh, you know, it's hard because you always have the legislature hanging over our heads. Um, the, you know, the Republican majorities are, are not big fans of mine in the legislature. And so the last proposal was that they were gonna cut my budget by 20%. And I try my hardest, you know, I know they're not gonna give me any more money, even though we have, you know, an incredible amount of money in the state treasury right now because of all the COVID relief funds that came in and the stimulus money. Um, we have billions and billions of extra dollars in the treasury than ever before, but they're still threatening to cut my budget. So it's just, it's hard because you, you prioritize where you can, and there's only so many different areas that you can expand on because we also have to defend the state against every time it's sued and all of our agencies are sued. So I did start going, going off in a different direction, which was to try to get as many of these expungement fairs together as possible. But I should revisit the working group because we were making some progress. Attorney General Nessel, uh, I just wanted to thank you personally uh, for uh, for running uh, and obviously winning, of course. Uh, you've had my support from the get-go, and uh, after the Shooty Snyder years, that was, uh, was a big breath of fresh air for the cannabis community. But obviously, we talk about cannabis on this show a lot. But social justice doesn't end, obviously, with cannabis. There are plenty of groups within the state and within the country that are disproportionately um, uh, being affected by archaic laws. Um, there's a lot of prejudice out there, and you've been the most progressive uh, attorney general that I'm aware of in history. And that is just such an amazing thing. The fact that you have taken a stance um, with the Catholic Church on how they're handling of sexual abuse uh, allegations, um, all of the things that you have stood for over the years, and you stand behind it regardless of what people are saying about you and because you're tough and, and that's what we need. Um, there's, it seems like social justice or social um, revolutions and they happen years, if not decades before the government catches up to uh, these people. And that creates like a pinch point for oppression. And it's, do you feel like we're, you have to play catch up? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many things that we have to go, we have to talk about, right? This is just one one thing that's been happening, and it's not the only. And it's I, frankly, it's not the most important one, as far as I'm concerned. But it is one uh, with cannabis. But there's so many other things. Um, being a progressive, do you think that we're actually making real progress as a state and as a country? I mean, I guess to end this thing, getting closer to the end, I'd like you know, is there any ray of hope for us? Can you speak to any of that? Hi, I think we are making progress, but it's sort of, you know, one step forward, two steps back on occasion. Um, certainly, I think in the cannabis world, obviously, we're making progress. I think it's hard to say that we're not. Uh, and I mean, it's time for the federal government, obviously, to do what they should have done a long time ago um, and legalize. So, you know, there, there's, of course, issues like that. But I will say, in a whole variety of areas that I, I think you could say are related in some ways. You know, I, I developed the um, Conviction Integrity Unit. It was the first AG's office in the country to have one. 
and we've started to exonerate people who were wrongfully convicted, um, which I have to tell you, in, mm-hmm. uh, it has awesome. been more joyful for me to exonerate a, a wrongfully convicted person than it ever was convicting guilty people, even though both are equally important, obviously. But you shouldn't have one without the other. We have to recognize, <laughs> obviously, that there are major flaws in our criminal justice system. But just the other day, I had a group of exonerees uh, that were in my office. Uh, and what we were talking about were basically prison conditions uh, and what it's like to be in prison and and what we can do to yeah. ensure that when people come out of prison, that they're in a better place than when they went in and not the reverse of that, right? And it was really eye-opening to me. But when they had left and we made yep. all these notes, a lot of it had to do with whether or not we were going to be, um, you know, Part of my job is to obviously enforce the laws, and some of the laws involve, uh, you know, having prisoners basically pay their keep when they can afford to do so. But the the conversation was, well, how much money do you really need when you're in prison? Because all the stimulus money came into prisoners. Do you need that money for for things that are legitimate, or do you not? And, you know, it was a really eye-opening conversation because even though I've, I've put a lot of people in prison in my career, uh, I've defended a lot of people who went to prison. I hope that isn't a reflection of my skills as a defense attorney, but it's a reality. But I never really sat down and talked through, like, what was your daily <laughs> life like in there? And what are things that we can do to make changes so that you're in a better position when you get out yeah. not to be a recidivist, not to commit more crimes, and that you can... Be better situated and after they left you know my solicitor general uh said to me she's like you know I, I said wow i really want to do more to help some of these guys and she said you know what just being here you're probably the only you're you know these people have never had anybody from law enforcement sit down and ask them what it was like to be in prison and to be an attorney general and actually give a damn about that is yeah. is in and of itself it's a huge step forward. Uh, and we are going to make some changes based on the information that I received, you know? But I mean, that's the kind of thing where, I mean, we have to have people in these positions that are just willing to talk to people who, who need help the most. And, and as I've always said, you know, really well-off people who have been super lucky in life, they were born into wealth, or they've had the ability to do very well for themselves, they don't need the government nearly as much as the people who... Uh, don't have those same kinds of opportunities or advantages in life. And they're the ones that I feel the Attorney General has to be on guard to watch out for because they don't have anybody else. And that's why we call it the people's attorney, right? Because I'm supposed to be the attorney for everybody in this state. And so that's what I try to do for better or worse. Some people love the work I've done, some people hate it. Um, But all I can do is just be honest with everybody and and let them know what my policies are, what my plans are, what my feelings are about these issues. And then you can either support me or you you can support whoever runs against me. Um, But I think that's the best thing I can do is offer at least an an honest perspective on on how I see this office. That's incredible. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thanks. Well, thanks so much, Dana. Um, I don't want to keep you past your time. We appreciate this so much. I do want to let Kevin and Tom say uh, thank you for being on the show. And then uh, I want to thank well, you as well. And then uh, we'll you let you get back yourself, to so doing this, what you do. Uh, so, Kevin, go ahead. <laughs> a little bit, but 
That's okay. I can do it by myself. It's all cool. Can you have you seen the uh, the 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 like the no, green tape back alignment that slams it during the ba- uh, ba- basketball that. game? But, but, uh, next time in person, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> it was really great to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, I really appreciate sure. it. And um, I, I would you know have me back again sometime if you you know need if you need to fill in for a guest sometime. <laughs> Yeah, real quick, real quick, Dana. I just want to thank oh, you for uh, yeah, for supporting the cannabis movement. It's been um, it's been great to have uh, your support. And um, you know, the the biggest thing that I've learned from talking to you today is that you're empathetic and you're you're able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And I think that we need that approach from more people in our society. I think that politicians have done a great job of dividing this country, uh, breeding a lot of hate. And I think that empathy and respect and all of those things are are things that we need more of in this country and i think you're bringing that and so i just really want to thank you and i hope you have a great uh fourth of july thanks so much for having me thank you dana kevin you nailed it right on the head take care all right well that was was a lot of fun with yeah that was a lot of fun with dana you know we uh we want to thank her for for being on and you know um just to put in perspective she is the um, in the last hundred years in the history of this country, the most progressive attorney general on cannabis, and if not ever, I don't, I don't know what it was like past that, you know, since prohibition. So, I mean, that's that's a big perspective, and a lot of people did reach out to me and uh, ask me to ask her questions. I plan on asking her. Um, I'm gonna be in contact with her on a lot of this stuff, and um, just so that you know, um, where, where my head and our hearts are at is, you know, like home grows and, and patients and caregiver rights are sacred, sacred to us. So hopefully we, we can help and, uh, be, you know, continue and, and make Michigan a great state on that. So, um, super exciting. We'll have her back on the show with, with some updates later on, but, um, uh, I wanted to let, uh, Kevin and Tom, uh, you know, say goodbye and, uh, then we'll, we'll wrap up the one year anniversary. So Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, I just think it's it's just it's still mind blowing that we're able to get the attorney general in today's world to come on and, and talk to us about cannabis. And, um, you know, I, I have the most respect for her. It's it, it's just really a cool thing. Um, but I did want to talk to Ryan real quick. Uh, you in the last week had had some some business activity. And, and uh, I, I think that maybe it's worth mentioning that you and uh, you and uh, Drew over at uh, Driven Grow have uh, forged a relationship moving forward. And uh, maybe you want to talk about that real quick before we uh, we get out of here. Uh, yeah, sure. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, it was, uh, it's been a little while in the making. It just made a lot of sense. Uh, Drew and I have been, you know, buddies since over a decade ago when we met and got into activism together. And, um, you know, as you guys know, I've been doing a lot of work and with, with Drew and, uh, as far as me being, I bootstrapped my brand. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always been debt free and, and profitable and, but, uh, I had to do, I do a lot. You guys know I wear a lot of hats and <laughs> like all the hats besides my, Wayne Meyer. So, um, yeah, I needed help to start really, uh, I, I, my concept work and I needed, I needed help to get to the next level. And Drew was a perfect fit because, uh, for a strategic partner and now I'm, uh, considerably well-funded and, and I'm able to keep expanding the way that I needed to. And really excited about the Michigan market and, and getting into some other ones and do got a lot I do got a couple more big announcements to make in the next few weeks as well and uh, 
you know, I'm excited to be in Michigan, and this is uh, what a what a what a time to be alive. So, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I think you guys are going to work really great together, and I think it's going to be a, a great addition. So, uh, uh, congratulations to both you, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations, man. That's incredible to see the Redemption brand expand, and you know, <clears throat> we're continuing to stand behind you, and it's it's a great match. And for everything this year has been an awesome experience doing the show and just watching what's happening in the Michigan cannabis market and politically it's just mind-blowing uh, all the uh, all the interesting things happening and uh, it's, it's fun to be able to jump on this thing every week with you guys and just kind of pick it all apart and see what see what's uh see what's really happening so uh, I, I appreciate it, Tom. I, I, I feel the same way. It's, uh, it's almost like our own little uh, coffee hour at some point. So we always get to get to reconnect. And I'm also excited, uh, you know, down the road here, uh, Tom and Kevin, we've got some new fun stuff with Redemption uh, branded products as well. Uh, and uh, some cool ideas and expect a lot more marketing. So uh, with that, I just, uh, yeah, anyone that's listening, uh, you know, I want to thank thank them for uh, all the great feedback we've gotten over the year. Once I started having people come up and tell me uh, that they were listening, I, uh, I thought, thought maybe we were on to something. So thank you, uh, Martin Waymeyer, uh, Nate Josh. Thank you, Kevin, Tom, and, uh, and Maynard as well. And uh, we'll be back next week. See you guys. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.